in a series called Belong, and what we're talking about is seven things that we all have in common. And uh, this seven things is actually a list that uh, the Apostle Peter wrote down of things like when the Apostle Peter is looking at someone's life um, or when, uh, and you're probably the same, when you look at someone's life, there's something inside of us that assesses how much value we give to their voice. We give to their voice. And so what Peter did was he, he sat down and through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, he wrote down a list of things that when he looks at someone's life as a disciple of Jesus, as a follower of Jesus, these are seven things that, that uh, pretty much build on each other. And he starts off with faith. That's just the initial thing that we all have. And welcome for those of you who are watching online. We're glad you're here as well. Uh, uh, that's just the thing that, that when you become a follower of Jesus, you say, I'm going to put my faith in Jesus. And then what Peter says after that is that the thing that follows that is goodness. You'd hope so, right? You'd hope that the, the best people on the planet would be the people who are followers of Jesus. You would hope. It's not the case. So, so you have goodness. And then goodness, knowledge. Well, what, what do I need to know? How do I need to know him? Paul said it this way, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. So, so we all have that together. If you're a follower of Jesus, or maybe you're just stepping into this relationship, uh, you take that step into faith. Well, what's going to come next is goodness. What happens to my life? How do I change my life? And then knowledge. And then last week we talked about the idea of self-control. And uh, how difficult it is to control ourselves. And what we talked about is the fact that instead of self-control being something that we really try to muster up and get better at and better at and better at. Uh, what the Bible teaches us is that self-control is actually a natural outcome of the Holy Spirit of an indwelling of the Holy Spirit, of a seeking of the Holy Spirit. And what I told you last week was that this week, I'll give you some how-tos on the self-control because it fits in very well with what we're going to be talking about this morning, and that is perseverance. Perseverance. Every single day, every single minute, of every day. Isn't it interesting? Those are the people you want to listen to, isn't it? Don't you want to listen to the people who've done it, the people that have gone before you? Now, again, in this sermon, um, I, I know for a fact I'm going to upset millennials. And so I just want you to know right off the bat, millennials, I love you. I'm raising three of you. I, I think you're awesome. Um, I think that someday we're going to end up, I'm going to hopefully give the church over to someone who's a millennial right now, someone who's younger, has got more energy, got all this kind of stuff. I, I, I get that. The problem, the tiny, one tiny little thing, tiny little thing with millennials is social media and the fact, and don't take this wrong, I'm telling you, you're amazing people, everything, you're incredible. Um, Social media gives everyone a voice. And sometimes we want to hear from people who've actually done stuff. See what I mean? Simone Biles, she was in the Olympics. And she uh, uh, stepped out of the team thing. And the internet blew up. Like everybody became an, an expert on being an Olympian. 
right? Either, hey, if you don't like it, you don't have to live in America. You can go live in, you know, if you want to get out of the Olympics, you can go to some other country, right? Okay, that's great. Yep, yep. Have you, have you been to a gym? <laughs> See, millennials thought I was just going to make fun of them. Uh-uh. We're going after everyone. Have you been to a gym? Because like, I'd like to hear from someone who actually is like an Olympian. What happens when you get what she got, which is called the twisties, which I don't even know that was a thing. But apparently, when you're running full speed, as fast as you possibly can, at a thing that's this high off the ground, and you hit it with your hands, and you do stuff in the air, apparently that can get inside your head. Didn't know that. You know why? Because I don't care what you think. I want to know what she thinks. You know why? Because she's actually the Olympian. She's actually the one that has woken up at four in the morning and gone to a gym while I was still going snooze, snooze, snooze. Now, you want to hear about those types of things. Snooze, that's where I'm a professional. What we're going to be talking about this morning is the importance, the vitality of you personally in your life with Jesus and me personally in my life with Jesus of perseverance every single day, being a follower of Jesus. I want to hear from the person that's had difficulty and they've persevered. And you do too, don't you? Don't you want the doctor that has persevered through 2,000 of those same surgeries, getting up in the morning, going to training, look, going online and learning new things about the body that we're always on. Don't you want to hear from the person who's been through it? We had a, um, what was that thing we just had? Oh, pandemic. Uh, we had the pandemic, right? And the internet again blew up. Everybody knew how to get respirators. Everybody knew how effective masks were. Everybody knew how Ill, ineffective masks were. I, I just wanted to hear from a person that like, I don't know, studies diseases. Perseverance. They went to school. They didn't just get up. And, and don't get me wrong. The memes are very compelling. Very well thought out. And next time I have surgery, I'm going to find the best meme and I'm going to go to that person and go, what should I do? Now we joke around. I'm joking around about millennials. I really do love them and all these kind of things. And I joke around at old people like me. I love myself. Okay, all that stuff. Great. But it's the person that day after day after day that I want to hear from. I want to hear from the single mom who has to work by herself who has to get up, make sure the kids are all taken care of, has to make sure they get to the practice, they get to... I want to hear that person how difficult navigating the schedule is. I don't want to hear from someone who hasn't done it, right? Now, we can learn from each other. We can learn from each other as we're doing it. But perseverance, self-control without perseverance is kind of useless, because if I can control myself for a little while, but I can't persevere, what good is it? If I can get through two meals and, you know, whatever, whatever your thing is, dessert, and I, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to have that cake, I'm not going to have that cake. But at the third time, I'm like, eh, whatever, it's just cake, right? 
Do you want to hear from me about self-control? Probably not. Perseverance is the big thing. We, there was a famous Christian. I'm not going to get into it all. You can look on the internet if you want. Very famous apolo, uh, apologist, right? Uh, he travels all over the world talking about Jesus and the Bible and apologetics, whatever. He passed away, and uh, it was very sad, and he had his funeral and all this kind of stuff. And uh, they, fight, they got a cell phone. Because he doesn't need it anymore. Um, and they start looking through the cell phone. And it's like pictures of inappropriate pictures of women. Huh. He couldn't persevere. Maybe there were little things of self-control in there. And maybe I should say, oh my goodness, he's a Christian. I should let him off the hook. Perseverance is very, very unsexy, and it's very, very difficult, and it's every single day, and it's the little things. But over time, those are the people I want to listen to. The person whose faith has been doubted. They've doubted it themselves. They say, I don't even know what it's like to follow Jesus. And do we know if it's real? Do we know if the Bible's real? Do we know, like, why, why do bad things happen in the world? You know, if God's so powerful, why is there suffering? I, I, I want to hear what that, person, what that person has to say. How did you get through that? We've all had these doubts. How, how, did, how did you get through that? I want to hear from the, from the mom or the dad that has the kid that's really struggling. And what? two o'clock in the morning looks like for that parent. That's who I want to hear from. Because perseverance is not very sexy at all, but it's the unsung hero of our faith. Let me read real quick where, we're, where we were, and then uh, we'll get to one section of scripture, maybe two, depending on the time. And then we'll move, move on. What we're talking about is this list in 2 Peter. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. In other words, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you start off on the list, we'll see the list in a second. If you start off with faith, you've been given access to the Holy Spirit. You've been given everything you need for life and godliness. All the tools are right there. All the tools that you have to persevere are there. You have been given everything pertaining, uh, everything we need in life uh, for life and godliness. His divine power, uh, 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 oh, and godliness through our knowledge. And so we see this in the list, that knowledge is actually very important. You coming to church or watching online or however you do it, going to your small group, those things for knowledge are very, very important. But that knowledge is worthless if it is not applied just like any knowledge that you have. I can go to the gym, talk to a trainer, and the trainer could tell me this is exactly the form you're supposed to use. And if, unless I actually do the stuff, there won't be any change. Through our knowledge, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, his glory and goodness, he has given us very great, and precious promises so that through them you may participate. Ah, this word gets me very, very excited, and here's why. When you think of someone like Simone Biles or someone like, that's like way high up there, and they drop out or whatever, we think, oh, my goodness, what a waste, right? She's so talented, and she is. She's, a, she's incredible. But the kingdom of God doesn't operate with top dog mentality like that. 
The kingdom of God doesn't think, oh no, what do we do if we miss the senior pastor, John? What if John resigns and then he's gone? Like, what, what would, well, you guys wouldn't think. He'd be like, well, just get someone else. What's the big deal? Right? Okay, get out. Go on, go on, shoot. Okay. Uh, right? So you, you, you think, the kingdom of God doesn't think that way. The kingdom of God thinks about you and you participating. And you say, oh, man, but I, I'm not, you know, if you think about kind of the Olympics and the high, high thing and, you know, in, 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 in church world, in Christianity, I'm just a tiny little thing. I'm not a gold medalist. The kingdom of God doesn't view that way. You participate in the divine nature in the smallest things you do. When you're sitting there at your computer and all of a sudden a thought comes, I'm going to call my friend, see how they're doing. You're participating in the divine nature. That's it. A phone call? I didn't lead someone to Christ. I didn't like heal someone, but stop. You've been given everything pertaining to life and godliness so that you may participate in the divine nature. And this participation in the divine nature is a long haul participation. It's not a quick fix. The Bible calls it seasons and chapters of following God. The Bible calls it uh, a long marathon that you just go. We're going to see this in a minute, that we just fix our eyes on Jesus and we start running. See, in America, we're so caught up in the end result. I, I, and I'm guilty. Okay, I'll just be honest with you. So now we're, now we're second in the total medal, total amount of medals. We were third, but we beat Japan. I was so happy this morning. I got online and I looked, and we just have to beat China, and then I'll be happy, okay? Because we've created this, this thing called the Olympics, which are just made up. We made them up as humans. They're not like a thing. We just made them up. And we've carved out lines on the globe that say, you're from this group of lines, so I'm going to compete against you from my group of lines, right? It's, got, it's gotten kind of that way where we just, I just want to beat China. I have nothing against China. I like Chinese people. I like Chinese food. I like everything about it. But I, I just know I want to beat China. And that's what we think. Gold medal, gold medal, gold medal. That's not how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God works like this. Oh, you're not good at prayer? Sorry, for, Corey, for making you pray. You're not good at prayer? The kingdom of God says, did you try to pray? Yeah, I tried to pray. Got it. Good job. Go. Next time, when are you, how are you going to pray? When are you going to pray? What are you going to do? It's all about perseverance, step by step by step. And you have been given everything pertaining to life and godliness that you may actually participate we don't take the top dogs. As a matter of fact, in church, what you'll find, this is just a little secret. Don't, you didn't hear it from me. The top dogs are usually the most annoying. If you want to grow in your faith, I'm not kidding, hang around new Christians because they don't know anything and they're excited about everything. Older Christians sometimes, just sometimes, they think they know it all. But even as a baby, you can participate in the divine nature. So why? What does it say? Well, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, you will, uh, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. That's the goal in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He goes on. In, uh, this, for this very reason, make every 
effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control. I'm going to skip through one section real quick. Oh, you know what? I just wanted to show you this. Uh, she came by this. Uh, that's my granddaughter, Annie. Get used to it, guys. I'm doing this every week. I can't help it. I'm sorry. Now, the reason I bring this up, I love my daughter. She's amazing. She's incredible. Awesome. I'm not going to ask her for parenting advice. The reason I'm not going to ask her for parenting advice, this is how far she's gotten so far. Okay? If you want to swaddle a baby, I cannot believe how good they are at swaddling babies. It's like a torpedo, this little thing. And it can't move its arms or anything. We tried that when we, were, when we had our kids. Once a little arm shot out, we're like, it's impossible to swaddle a baby. Forget it. You can't do it. It's impossible. They get this little Andy all I'll ask them about that. I'm not going to ask them about how to get them through junior high, right? I want to go to somebody who's done it, who's struggled through it, who's had to go through every day, who's had to talk to go to parent-teacher conferences, who maybe had to have an IEP for your son or daughter because they, it was a little more difficult for them. That's what I want to talk about. Nothing against my daughter. She's amazing. You're amazing, sweetheart. You're doing a great job. Okay? So... Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, has this list of people who have done it. The people you look to. The, the people who've persevered. It's in Hebrews. It's in chapter 11. It's called the Hebrews Hall of Faith, we call it. And it's got Samson in there. And it's got uh, Moses in there. And it's got Abraham in there. And, and, and all this kind of stuff. You want to hear a professional. What you don't want to hear, you want to hear someone who's persevered. What you don't want to hear from is someone like me. When the pandemic started, very first day, we were in a staff meeting, and we took this picture. This is me when I first found out about coronavirus. Everybody was yakking about it. Oh, my goodness, two million people are going to die, all this kind of stuff. I said, it's going to last six weeks. <laughs> it's going to last six weeks. That was on... March 12th, I said that. I said, I'll write it down and sign my name to it. That's my name. That's my signature. Yes, it looks like I fell downstairs, but that is my signature. Six weeks is what I said. Am I the person you'd like to listen to about the pandemic? You know why? Never been through one. My advice is not good. Now, I can do some very compelling memes and post them on the internet and share them, but you don't want to hear from me. Same with the Bible. You want to hear from the Hall of Faith. Now, here's what's so great. When you look at the Hall of Faith, these people who've gone day after day after day, the Hall of Faith says some of them were sawn in two. Okay, that's frowned upon, by the way. You're not supposed to be sawn in two. Some of them were. What do you think the next thing the Bible says is? Therefore, go and be the best person getting sawn in two you possibly can. Mm -mm. Therefore, since we have these examples, since we have people in front of us that have persevered, since we're surrounded by these people who are cheering us on, who know, hey, it's just step after step after step. It's not 
gold medal after gold medal after gold medal. It's those times when you wake up in the morning or you're driving to work and it's, there's all this traffic and you're annoyed and you have struggles with your bills because it's been just a tough year and you're frustrated and your relationships are frustrated and everybody's frustrated and you say, I can take one more step. You are participating in the divine nature. Therefore, since we have all these great examples all this stuff, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin which so easily entangles. These hall of faith people, these people who Moses, David, Abraham, all these people, totally flawed. They would have been canceled by social media early on, had their Twitter account Get out of here, Moses. You were scared, just scared to even see God in a burning bush. You don't qualify anymore. Day after day after day. Since we have these examples, let's throw off every sin. And the sin let's throw off every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and run with perseverance. It's the only qualification. Do you notice that? It doesn't say run with speed. Now, he does say, Paul, I mean, I, we don't know who wrote Hebrews, but Paul does say at one point, uh, you know, run in such a way that you're not disqualified or whatever. Everybody runs, but only one wins the prize. So there's that type of winning stuff in the Bible. Absolutely, it's in there. But what is the prize? What's the goal? What's the crown? She says, run, run run. That's it. Not be the fastest, be the best, be the less sinful. I wake up this morning, I say, man, since I've been surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and not just those in Hebrews, but even as I look out over this congregation, and I see online, and I get in touch with all these Christians that I know, people who you'd never know their names. You'd never know Robert, my friend Robert. African-American pastor who's in the inner city in Los Angeles. Tiny church. Grinding and grinding and grinding. Dealing with racism and poverty and systems that have been around too long. That's who I want to hear from. I want to hear from Robert. You don't know Robert and his wife Donna. Amazing people. They just sat down. They, they got planted in Los Angeles in this church that needs tons of work done to it. And they put their head down and they began to run. I want to hear from Robert. I want to hear from somebody who's got an idea about what it's like to run a church in the inner city and you've got it all figured out. You don't. Robert does. He would admit that he doesn't. That's who I want to hear from. Since we've been surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay off every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance. Those steps when you don't want to take a step anymore. That morning when you want to hit snooze. That commute when you want to drive with one hand because the other one is used for other means. Right? Perseverance day after day after day. How do we do this? How do we do it? How do we stay focused? 
to do the things we don't want to do. Because we all have this in common. We all belong. We all have these seven things. You just, you just don't know where your perseverance is as it relates to my perseverance or even what I'm called to do. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the one who went before us, the one who showed us exactly how we respond in these different situations. The one that gave me an example of how to deal with the marginalized. The one that gave me the example of how to deal with people when I'm in the position of power. What do I do? I wrap a towel around my waist and I wash the feet of those who are in the room. The pioneer who taught me when someone confronts me how to be quiet. Jesus taught me how to delete a post before I've posted it. <laughs> He's taught me. He didn't have anything to do with social media, but somehow he taught me how to do that. I don't know. It's weird. Jesus taught me how to take a deep breath and drive in traffic. Jesus taught me how to, when I find out bad news that happens, whether it be at work or in my family or in my neighborhood, he taught me how to take that with grace and mercy. Jesus taught me how to love the least of these perseverance day after day. My one job is to fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. If I want to know what it's like to receive 27 international gold medals, <laughs> I'll go to Simone Biles and go, how do you do that? How do you work with agents and multi-million dollar companies and be both a brand and a business, but also an Olympic athlete. How do you do that? How do you do all of that by the age of 24? I'll go to her for that. If I want to know about mental illness, um, what, how long it takes before you just can't go any longer, I'll talk to Simone. I won't read your blog unless you've done it. And then the same way, Jesus is calling us to this. Why don't you fix your eyes on me? Put all those other distractions aside. Now watch what he says. Author and perfecter of our faith. Who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's the one I want to hear. How do you persevere in difficulty? I'm going to find out from Jesus. How, how do you stay quiet when people are coming and attacking you about something? I'm going to ask Jesus, the pioneer who went before me. How do I use my wealth and status and power and all these different things in order to serve others rather than just promote myself, I'll ask Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of my faith, who marked out a race, listen, for me, and he marked out a race for you. And so the way you're running your race, if you're fixing your eyes on Jesus, I can kind of help of what has helped me through times like that, or, but to persevere, is just the one step after another. He did it. 
He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. In other words, he was totally right. He was totally right. And he continued to do it so that you will not grow weary and lose heart in your struggle against sin. You have not yet gotten to that place where you go, I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus, and it's step after step after step. Now, you can look around and see people who are ahead of you. You can look around and feel good about yourself because there's many people behind you as well. But your race isn't their race. You weren't called to be number one or whatever. You were called to be you in the context that you're living. The only thing he requires of you, step after step after step. What's your step? What's your step? Listen, if tomorrow morning, let's say you normally wake up at 7. If tomorrow morning you wake up at 6.45 and you don't hit your snooze, you wake up at 6.45 and you go and you open your Bible and you go, I don't even know how to read the Bible. And you just kind of open it up. Maybe you go to the book of John and you begin reading. You're doing it. You're persevering. You're making it. It's just one step. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. In our struggle against sin, we have not yet resisted the point of shedding blood. And you've completely forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as, uh, as, that addresses you, uh, as a father addresses his son. It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. In other words, when you go through issues. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. In your race, it's step after step after step. Maybe for you, your step is to remove the thing that so easily, the sin that so easily entangles you. Maybe it's to remove something. Maybe you've placed obstacles in your way. On your, on your, you're fixing your eyes on Jesus, but he's kind of hard to see because you've set up a bunch of other things. Maybe it's removing those things. But just those small little things become a participation in the divine nature, rendering you neither ineffective or unproductive, the Bible says. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. And then he goes on, he says, for what children are not disciplined by their father? Right? What, what, who, who doesn't discipline their kid? I mean, that's the most loving thing you can do is to discipline your child because if you don't, somebody's going to discipline your child, right? Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's their first boss. And the boss says, get this done on time. And you're like, my mom always said that I could have an extra week. Like, oh, too bad for you. See you later, you know. That's how you get fired now. You just, like, I don't know, whatever. It's like, what children are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined, and everyone go, undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate, not true sons, and not daughters at all. Moreover, we had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? Listen to this. They disciplined us as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share 
and his holiness, that we may participate in the divine nature, that we might be neither ineffective or unproductive. Here's your good news for this morning I want to give you. Perseverance doesn't need 20 years in order to be like, oh, once I make it 20 years as a follower of Jesus, then I will. You just have to be a little bit ahead of somebody to help them along. That's it. Now, we have these so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us is what Hebrews chapter 11 says. Look at these people. Oh, my goodness. Look what you can accomplish. That's all, that's all great. But it's that fixing my eyes on Jesus and that step I'm going to take. You know what? I think I'm going to spend less time wasting time. It's a step in the right direction. God disciplines you for your holiness. And your race is different than my race. There are things I can't eat or drink because God has, for me, told me no. That's not your race, right? But just step after step after step. Listen to this. And this is so good. As the worship band comes back up. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. <laughs> Thank you, writer of Hebrews. I never would have known that, right? The writer's just writing down the obvious. Of course it doesn't feel good to be disciplined. Of course it doesn't feel good to train. Of course it doesn't feel good to get up. And to go before God every single morning. Therefore, strengthen the arms that are weak. And, and the knees, New American says, that are feeble. Make level paths for your feet. So that the lame may not be disabled, but rather be healed. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to... We're going to take communion this morning. And uh, the way we have it set up, we have it set up two different ways. Um, if you feel comfortable and just want to take the, the normal um, juice that we normally have in the cup and a wafer, that's fine. If you don't feel comfortable and you'd like to use one of these um, that takes four hours to get into it, you can use one of these too. It's got two lids, one on top for the wafer and then one on the bottom for the juice. But it's more sanitized. So if you want to take that, you can take that as well. The point is this, that when we celebrate communion, we're celebrating the reminder that he did it, that he endured it, that he persevered through it. When we take communion, we're remembering that on the night that he was betrayed, he knew I have to get to the finish line, which for us means his death, his burial, his resurrection. When we take communion, whether we do it through one of these or if you're watching online and you just found out that we're taking communion this morning and you had to run to the cupboard to get some bread and juice or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. We are celebrating the pioneer of our faith, the pioneer and the perfecter. And when we take communion, what we're saying is, I'm joining you in the race. I'm joining you in the race. Now, for you, you might say, this is the first time I've ever taken communion. That's fine. You're the beginning of your race. It's just step after step after step, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Maybe that starts for you this morning. Maybe for you, you're watching online. You're thinking, I, I want to I start this race, this perseverance of following Jesus. I might not have 20 years of following him, but I got, I got today. 
at the rest of the day. And so uh, we, what we do is we take those and we, go, we take it back to our seat. If you feel comfortable, you can kneel here at the stage and just kind of take that as a time where you're going to come before God on your own. All of this is just part of the step and the step and the step. And over time, as you persevere, you're going to find that someone's going to say, hey, how did you get to where you are? And you know where you're going to point? Same place you've always been pointing. Jesus. So, uh, we're going to sing a final song, and whenever you're ready, you can get up. Just know that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the cup, and he had blessed it, and he gave thanks to it, and he said, this is my body. I mean, this is uh, my blood, which has been poured out for you as he takes the cup. He takes the bread, and he breaks it. He says, this is my body, which has been broken for you. Whenever you take and eat of this, or you take and drink of this, remember me. And that's all you're doing. You're just remembering Where's my focus? Where's the finish line? It's Jesus. Lord God, as we spend this time to celebrate the simplicity of perseverance, the simplicity of step after step after step, the simplicity of focusing on you, I pray as we take communion today as a, the body of Christ, whether we're doing it online together or we're doing it here, or maybe we're watching this at some other time and we decide we want to take communion. God, would we just be at the forefront of our mind? You are the pioneer. You are the perfecter. You are the one we follow. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're... Uh... If you're not standing, why don't you go ahead and stand for the blessing. You know, it was fascinating as I kind of read stuff about uh, Simone. And uh, I started thinking about the idea of like, maybe you only have so many gold medals in you. <laughs> like maybe she just got to the end of the gold. Like, yeah, I guess it turns as it turns out, only 27. Huh, what? How would we even have known if she didn't pioneer the way, right? Think about this. You only have so many steps in you. You only have so many breaths in you. That's it. What are you going to do with them? What are you going to do with your next steps? Lord Jesus, we are thankful that you've given us a race to run. Father God, I pray that we would run in such a way as to bring honor to your name, regardless of who's around us, who's ahead or who's behind, that you would be our pioneer and our perfecter. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. And now, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go in his strength, that you'd go in his peace, that you'd go in his joy to run your race and participate in the divine nature. In Jesus' name, amen.